Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Ross! Are you intoxicated or something? How are you keeping, bud? Man, doing great, doing great. Uh, obviously, we're here for another episode of the Ultimate Fighter to recap it. Uh, another win for Team Chandler. Unfortunately, um, the person who lost this time out was Lee Hammond. Uh, I was actually devastated for him. And he yeah, was this one hurt. Connor was devastated. This one hurt the most, I think. This one hurt the most, man. The worst thing about it was knowing that he lost, like in, in the released clips and the build-up. Why did it, why did that happen, Ross? Why did you leak, leak these clips, man? Oh, stop. Uh, no, I, I think anyone who did release a clip is an arsehole, to be honest. Like no one wants to, especially the finish of the fight. Like I mean, it was yeah. like a release clip from like a scuffle in the house or something like that. You're probably more intrigued to watch it to see the build-up, but when you get to see the finish, because I was sitting there, the, the like what the last four or five days been like did he get battered or something or what's yeah. what's the story or how 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 did that like guillotine come about or you know you're sort of interested to see the sequence that led up to it and then next thing you know you watch the episode and lee hammond dominated the whole fight and like yeah probably probably the greatest comeback in ultimate fighter history that uh kurt hollowell in there like he was losing those rounds like there was no tomorrow like he did i don't think he had one good moment before he actually sunk in the guillotine. I, t- he I think defensive the whole time. Is it is Lee the only person to have won a round for Team McGregor the whole tournament? Well, him and Brad Katona. <laughs> yeah, Brad. Well, <laughs> look, I said to you, "Is Brad Katona Team McGregor?" And you were like, "No." And now you're like, "Yeah, baby, yeah, baby." <laughs> yeah. So uh, one and five. <laughs> one and five. <laughs> Ross, why why was this the only episode that there was a, there was a leak of all of them? Like this, like obviously this was the most looked forward to episode, and then they go and give us a leak. I think maybe because this was the episode with the shove, I feel like this is the this is the one that uh, had the leak, and maybe because it was you know Lee being Connor's teammate, that's where the leak came from. But also, who knows? Maybe there was leaks uh, at different times, but like maybe there was leaks in like certain areas, if that makes sense. As in, like maybe. You know, if someone's from Boston, maybe there's like a leak of what happened in the bot, someone from Boston, okay, yeah. etc., etc. But like, obviously, because we're Irish, we're going to see the Irish leak of what happened. Who knows? But uh, I suppose this was the episode that people wanted to see most. This is this is what we were sold at the start of the season. Yeah. We saw the, the, the shove, two handed to the face shove. Like that, that was a that was a, a vicious shove. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't really appreciate anyone who shared the clip beforehand. Like sort of ruined the episode on me because I would have been in such despair, even more despair, watching the episode after watching Lee like be winning, 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 and then have lost. I would have been like, no way. It would have been like almost like a fan moment was like stolen from people. I know, man. It was actually really disappointing. It was like, yeah. like obviously Lee's going in there. He's five and zero. Uh, Kurt Holaba, two former, like he was in the UFC twice. He's part of the vets. They're riding high as well. I'm sure that actually had, plays effect in the house as well. Like now they're going six and zero, but like seeing Lee Lee's transitions against a vet, like he's really gone to show that he is like up to that standard. 
and um, like he won the first round quite convincingly. Those elbows from from top position, um, like even the even the way John was talking to him after the first round, like it, it, he seemed like he was almost on cruise control. That was, that's why it's like you knew the end of the movie going into that second round, and it was just like oh, like what a minute thirty nine seconds left. Yeah, but you're almost you're almost like two minutes into the second round, and be like. Was that clip fake? Because like, when, <laughs> when is it? When is this actually going to happen? Because like, that was pure domination. Like, it was yeah. an absolute phenomenal grappling play by Lee. He really, really outclassed him. He he was heavy on top. He he threw the shots when he needed to. And again, like, he fought a good tournament style as well. Like, I know maybe at times he could have been like he could have rained down a few more shots. But at the end of the day, like, you're sort of protecting your hands and stuff as well. Like, you don't want to throw down a hundred shots full force and then break a hand and then you can't compete in the next round. Like that's always uh, like a fear that these guys have when they're fighting so often in such a short succession of time. Yeah. That's where his OMF experience uh like worked really well from and uh and also Kerr Hollibaugh is a black belt in Jiu Jitsu as well. And now Lee has been promoted to black belt, but that like like he really got to show what level he's at. Yeah, Hollibaugh was saying he trains I think directly under one of the graces, I think it was in his in his VT. So uh, yeah, like obviously he's no slouch slouch on the ground himself, and Lee handled him really really well. He showed that there, like, is some levels to the jiu-jitsu game in terms of positionally. Uh, and then obviously he made one mistake, but like this is a cruel sport. This is a cruel game that that we love, and you know what I mean. If you take your eyes off the prize for a minute, you might get caught, and that's unfortunately what happened to Lee. Uh, I think he's definitely though warranted. I I know we t- spoke about it a bit last week, but he's definitely warranted a spot to uh, on the Ultimate Fighter finale, I think, or on maybe the card before, or card after, whatever way they're going to work it out. Uh, I definitely think he's earned some for- form of UFC contract. He obviously is a blue chip prospect. He's obviously got a massive uh, fan base and massive men following in Ireland. People love to actually see him fight. You know, I think maybe last week I was saying that people aren't talking about him as much, but I think now that his episodes come out and now they've seen the performance, I think people will rally behind him that, uh, even more now. And, you know, they'll view him as a UFC fighter. Not when you're on the ultimate fighter, sometimes I feel like you're in a bit of a grey area, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it was even good to see like what he does in uh, Dublin 12, coming out of Crumlin. Like, it brought you to his house. Like you actually got to see more of Lee Hammond, what he's about, and behind the scenes in that in that like minute clip when they went when the when the cameras went to to his home, then you probably have heard like in his whole what 13, 14 year career. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Lee's obviously a very quiet guy, and um, it it was great to see that sort of insight. Like <laughs> I was laughing at his mom saying he was he was skipping school. And he was going to the gym and training. I'm not surprised, because uh, like he, he he always was a phenom. Like the whole time throughout his career, people are like, Lee Hammond's gonna be the one to watch out for. Lee Hammond's gonna be the one to watch out for. And also, yeah, you have to look at it this way. Lee Hammond was five and zero going into that fight. He's actually still five and zero because that yeah, still exhibition yeah. <laughs> But how many lightweights get into the UFC with five fights? Very, very few. Like that's. A, one of the deepest divisions in the UFC. It's probably the deepest division if you take the top 50 guys in the division. Like, that one's probably got the, the most stacks, probably got the most household names in it. And he went in there and he showed he belonged. And he's going to belong there for a very long time. 
Uh, so would you? What would you say is next for the like? There is potential that he could could um, get a wild card spot if say, say if someone gets injured in the house, um, or could you see a contender series sort of situation, or do you think he'll have to take a step back to take another step forward? I think I'd like to see him fight one of the other prospects on the finale show or in around that time. And I think on the finale show would be great because the finale is going to take place at UFC 292 in Boston. So Ian Gary's fighting on that card already. Why not get Lee Hammond on the card as well? The fight in Irish. I'd be all, all for it. Uh, I'm sure Connor will be there as well. And I will have a great buzz for it. Yeah, I think that sounds good. Uh, Ross, 6-0, there was obviously the shove, the notorious shove uh, on the Bellator tick. On the, yeah. on the, how, how, right, the thing is, right. There's a lot of Irish fighters that fight in Bellator. How many, like, what percentage of SBG Ireland fighters are actual Bellator fighters? It has to be over 80%, doesn't it? In terms of the pros? Yeah, in the pros. Uh, um, maybe not, because you, you have a few that, like, are definite outliers. Like, you think of Danny McCormick's not in Bellator. Uh, Conor McGregor's not in Bellator. Who? Um, Keane. Kiefer. Okay, actually, maybe. Kiefer. Okay. There's a, yeah, there's a few or not, but obviously, you know, they they have a strong stable of maybe 10 to 15 guys. Obviously, it goes that number sort of fluctuates a bit. And, you know, they're effectively the only gym that fights on the uh, Dublin cards when uh, Bellator come over here. So uh, it was interesting to see Connor sort of give Bellator, the Bellator guys, a bit of stick. He was like, sort of, well done, team Bellator. <laughs> uh, which which I thought was uh, quite funny considering uh, SPG's links to Bellator, but at the end of the day, like Bellator does great stuff for MMA in Ireland. Like they put on great shows over here. They give the Irish athletes a chance uh, to compete. But I think Connor was effectively saying they're second rate uh, compared to the UFC, and like they will always be a number two. Uh, to UFC, and quite a marginal number two as well. Like the UFC is by far the biggest organization in the world, and there's no doubt about it. And like no one's going to tell you otherwise. Like the people in Bellator aren't going to say they're bigger than the UFC. People in PFL might say otherwise, or bare knuckle boxing. Look, I mean, like at least uh, Connor was giving Bellator some more promotion since the last time he was there, and uh, look how well that worked for bare knuckle boxing. Even yeah, you might get in there, Ross. Yeah, me uh, and you're <laughs> next. Ross is six and zero. Next week, Jason Knight from Teen Chandler is going to be fighting against um, the Brawler. I forget his actual name uh, on Connor's team. I was just—I was actually too heartbroken after Jason seeing Knight. the lose there. Yeah, yeah. Jason Knight against Connor's. Oh, Quinones, I think it is. Is it okay? Yeah, I think right. that that was the fellow who was that had the sort of back and forth with Roosevelt Roberts. Okay, in right, the kitchen. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, he. Uh, I think it's quite funny that he's been billed as a knockout artist. He's fighting Jason Knight, who's a zombie. So uh, that's going to be very interesting to see whether he's going to be able to knock him out or not. Also interesting that they showed next to like zero footage of the fight. So I, I wonder, is this one going to be a quick one? Yeah. Well, who's your favorite to win from the lightweights now? I actually think Austin Hubbard, I think, is my favorite to win, win the show. He, he's already gone through. I think... Uh, he fought seven times in the UFC. That's quite a lot. So, I think he, he has a very good chance. But, like, again, like, I think out of the four of them, I think it's anyone's game. Like, you know, uh, Roosevelt Roberts, like, obviously got that, like, spectacular knockout. He's yeah. fresh as a daisy. Uh, Kurt Holliba, 
obviously like is tough as nails. Uh, obviously got some uh, slick submissions, and then Jason Knight is an absolute zombie. And who knows? Like maybe Canones could upset the apple cart and uh, pick up a win for Team McGregor. Stranger things have happened. Is that in the bantamweight division? No, lightweight. It is lightweight. Yeah. Okay. No, we will I know, see. I know, we... I know. I know. I know. You were thinking uh, uh, Jason Knight fought featherweight as well before, so like, yeah. Know, see, is he gone down or is he gone up? Yeah. Who knows that guy, man? Who knows that guy? <laughs> but, no, but uh, we will be back again next week. So make sure to like, share, and subscribe because we'll be back next week covering that, and we'll see the 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 aftermath of Connor and Chandler, like, because uh, it is getting spicy, Ross. It took six episodes to get very spicy. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? There was still uh, some ver- verbal alter- altercations going on as the episode was closed. Now, uh, what do you think of uh, Michael Chandler's trash talk? I'm going to stack him up. Stack him up. That's That, that was his, uh, his go-to line. I think he needs to work on that. That's very American, isn't it? Like, it's... well, well, you know what it was? He's not as good off the cuff. Like, normally he has a little promo ready to rock. You know, WWE style. He doesn't yeah. have them off the cuff. Yeah, I don't think he was expecting the push, so it sort of just caught him, caught him off guard. But like, the... he took that push like a champ in the face, didn't he? Yeah, like a, I mean, like Chandler's top of the range. I mean, yeah, like, and as we all know, like he's a like stand-up guy as well. So. uh yeah, but he also had he also had a heavyweight champion Roy Bader was back as well. Like that's that's not uh, to be forgotten either. Yeah, that's true. And Bader was straight in, like going yeah. after King Cowley. Yeah, I'm sure. King Another heavyweight big dog. Yeah, that could be that could be like King Cowley's next fight in Kingpin as well. Make sure yeah. to check that that card out as well. We're gonna have a uh, Decky Dollar. Yeah, McKenna. we got Deck and Kenna, Kiefer Crosby, and King Cowley. All fighting on King Kingpin boxing. So, uh, shout out to three lads, three knockouts inbound. Going to be great to see. Really looking forward to uh, Kiefer's fight as well because he's fighting Aaron from Geordie Shore. So, uh, that's going to be definitely be funny. And uh, he's fighting a bare knuckle boxer. So, like, King Cowley takes takes no e- easy fights. But uh, apparently, the lads are being paid well. So, delighted for them. And uh, hopefully, uh, it's a good show. No, I'm sure it will be good crack. Um, the Irish, the Irish fans in the tree arena always go nuts, no matter what it's for, whether it be uh, boxing, MMA, or tiddlywinks, or tiddlywinks. But that's a, <laughs> that's a very that's an American one. There, you're watching too much American TV. But um, another thing, just before we wrap that episode up, Ross, um, crawfish. Kurt Holliday was eating crawfish. What did you make of the crawfish? Yeah, it sort of reminded me. Bit you're, like a food, you're a food connoisseur. Like, yeah. If you look at your stories, they're, they're always about food. So, I mean, like, what did you make of that? Like, would you try it? Yeah, like, uh, the, you know the way you have a lobster roll? I'd love to have a crawfish roll. Like, I thought we had a... Did we not have a crawfish I roll I think we before? had a crayfish roll. I don't crayfish. Know it was, yeah. yeah, it was cold. Yeah, so, like... I'd love to give that a bosh. Like, like it looked tasty enough. Like, to be yeah, it did, so, didn't it? Yeah. I, was like, I was like, interesting. It was that, very Louisiana are like known for the grub. Obviously, you have Dustin Poirier with his hot sauce, and then uh, Daniel Cormier is always going on about yeah. fried chicken. So, yeah. like some some crawfish and fried chicken would sound delicious. Speaking of chefs, Ross, UFC 290 is this weekend being headlined by Alexander Volkanovski against Yair Rodriguez. Volkanovski, the chef master, the champ. What do you actually make of this card, Ross? International fight week is going down this weekend, but. Yeah, I think I think it's a tasty one from uh, start to finish. It's one of those cards that you'll probably watch the whole thing. Like you'll you'll start from the first prelim and you'll watch it the whole way through. 
Uh, I know some cards, you, you know, you might miss miss uh, the f- one or two of the prelims at the start, and then you start watching t- more towards the main cards. But I think fans will be watching this one from start to finish. I think the arena will show that as well. Uh, people will be excited. International Fight Week is always one of the, the biggest and staple calendar events of the year. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know whether you want to... I think we just said we we're going to discuss the sort of top three fights. So I don't know whether you wanted to... Uh, start with the middleweights, or you want to start with the champ versus champ? No, we start with the main event, and then uh, we'll just go through the top three, and then uh, just give some mentions for people to watch out for as well. Of course, yeah. Um, well, look, we have champion versus champion. Uh, you know, you probably wouldn't believe me, Baz, if I told you at the start of the year that there'd be uh, three Mexican champions in the UFC, and, and now we have them, you know what I mean? And uh, Grasso, um, Brandon Moreno, and now Yair Rodriguez as an interim champ as well, which is crazy. So, Viva La Mexico. Uh, obviously, Shevchenko's <laughs> doing a, a rematch uh, on Mexico Day, I think, in the near future as well. So, uh, the Mexican MMA scene is absolutely booming at the moment. But uh, I think, you know, Volkanovski, arguably the best featherweight of all time. Um, it's sort of a debate. And I think there's always four names thrown in the hat. I think it's always... Aldo, Holloway, Volkanovski, and McGregor. And if you look at it, um, Volkanovski and McGregor both beaten Aldo and Holloway. So if you narrow it down between Volkanovski and McGregor, and you look at it, yeah, Volkanovski has more title defenses, but when he moved out up to win that lightweight crown, he was unsuccessful. When McGregor moved up to win that lightweight crown, he put on a master class performance. So I'm still calling Conor McGregor the GOAT. Love it, bud. If uh, if Ford's Irish there listening now, like that's uh, that, that's a, that should be a Christmas bonus for the lads. Yeah, Chris bonus for the lads. <laughs> you you up the Ford's Irish now. Uh, in terms of the fight itself, Basmo, you know, obviously Rodriguez is highly unorthodox. He has some yeah. of the flashiest moves that we've ever seen in MMA. Like his like sort of upward elbow to knock out Zombie in the, you know the last minute, last second, the last round. Like this guy is. You know, you have to be fully prepared for him for the full 25 minutes. What do you think, like, the path of victory is for your year, Rodriguez? Um, with Yair, look, he's, he does all the sort of crazy stuff. He's been on the scene for a while. He was he, he was actually, he was he was on the Ultimate Fighter as well. Um, did, By the way, did you see his belt? They got He got a Mexican team Oh, yeah, the custom team with the sort of different sort of colors going through and stuff. I thought it was really yeah. cool. Yeah, some fella like designed Dana White shoes, and he was like, "I can do this with one of the belts uh, for uh, the Mexican fighters." And he was like, "Yeah, why not?" Um, yeah, here, yeah, Ross obviously has all the flashy gear, the kicks, the spins. Mm. Like looking at looking at Volkanovski, he's been training with like Blood Diamond. I, I you know what? I just I don't see Yair able to win this unless it's like some mad like spinning kick, if. Volkanovski's like about to rush in, like so, like, but I I think Volkanovski is just just on a different level at the moment. I think he's just like cl- clearing out the division. Yeah. Um. Put it this way, see... when I when I looked at the featherweights, I wasn't like, I think Volkanovski will be the one. If that makes sense. What do you mean? Oh, sorry, Yair Rodriguez will be the one. Oh, sorry, I don't think he, I was like I was like I don't think he's the guy. Like especially when you see uh. The way Volkan obviously like toughed out the guillotine against Brian Ortega, like incredible. The way he like beat Max Holloway in his last fight, 
incredible. Like, you sort of line them up for... Or even the way Volkanovski went toe-to-toe with uh, Islam Makachev. Islam, I mean, yeah. like, like, this guy is the elite of the elite. And, like, yep. I really struggle to see where someone at featherweight at the moment is going to actually take this guy apart. Yeah, but it was even the way Volkanovski's career has gone. He's just, like, always toughed it out. Like, it's the the mm-hmm. people living over in that region in um, New Zealand and Australia, like, they, they're they just a different breed. Like, I know mean, oh, Yair had his problems over, a few, like, a few years back, and then he was he was leaving, and then he was back, all this sort of stuff. But, like, Volkanovski has just continuously gone, never stopped growing. <clears throat> I was listening to him on Bizwing's podcast, and he was just, like, he wants to stay active, and he does want to stay active. He's always in, he's always in the round, the fights. Like, uh, he was even at the Invitational there last week. Mm-hmm. He just loves it. He wants to stay active. He wants to keep like like getting as much money as possible. He's, I think he's he's one of the most active champions in, in the UFC, and I just yeah, don't absolutely. think yeah, yeah, I just don't I just don't think has the same sort of mindset. And I think I think like Volkanovski's going to want to come back out and prove how good he is again after losing to Islam Makachev. And I wouldn't be surprised if he went to one fifty five again at some stage. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the only knock on Volkanovski is probably the finish rate. I think he's only finished one of his last seven fights. Now, obviously, he's fighting the likes of Max Holloway. No one's ever finished him. No one's ever knocked him down. Hey, he's fighting Brian Ortega. He's fighting Islam Makachev. Like, these guys are obviously the elite of the elite. But I feel like Volk has the power to get the job done. So I'd like to see him maybe go, go for the kill that little bit more. Do you think uh, Islam Makachev underestimated how good Volkanovski was in the last fight? I'd say a bit. There's a bit of that as well, but I, I'd also, I also say he, you know, as the fight went on, like Falk started to take over that little bit towards the end. I think cardio-wise, I don't think he was expecting that level of pace. Like Falcon obviously puts such a pace on these guys, and like he stays technically proficient throughout as well. So like the technique doesn't drop, uh, nor yeah. does the pace. Yeah. So I'd say he did underestimate him a bit, and I think although I think if they fight again, I don't know, I don't know if. Uh, it would actually be too dissimilar. Like I think no one's no one's putting a, a shutout on Volkanovski. No, very. Does he remind you of anyone? Like or yeah. like weirdly in a way of like GSP in terms of like IQ, as in like he's happy to win the fight wherever, and he'll probably fight you where you're at your worst because he's so well rounded. He is. He just loves it. Uh, just yeah. even the way he does the stuff in the background, like he is time for everyone. Like he always comes across so nice. The, the way he does his cooking stuff online, um, like yeah, he, uh, someone someone give that fella a big air fryer sponsorship. <laughs> also, he's sponsored by Prime now as well. Him and Adesanya. Yeah, they're barred, man. Yeah, we need we need four dollar steel chains, bro. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is number one bullshit. Uh, no. I, we're both going to go Volkanovski, but um, I think I'll try and convince you to pick Yair at the end of the week. Because as, <laughs> as people who listen every week, myself and Ross do a competition every week, and we have to pick what each one of us gets to pick each week who we think is going to win the main event. Uh, right now, Ross is winning 14 10. He's coming from behind. But I was the champion last year, by the way. Jeez. Just putting it out there, Ross. Right? Just remind everyone there, yeah? Yeah, well, like you, you've been reminding me the last few weeks who's the king at the moment. Um, Ross, co main event. Brandon Moreno, uh, the champion, is taking on Alexandra Pantoja. Two former Ultimate Fighter fighters as well, Ross. Um, yeah, exactly. But just leading into this, Pantoja is a challenger. He's actually beaten Brandon Moreno in the UFC and he beat him in the Ultimate Fighter, Ross. 
Yeah, he did. He actually finished him with a rear naked choke on the old fighter. And when he beat him in the UFC, there was like some 30-26s on the judges' scorecard. So, like, like, you know, you might even struggle to say, like, Moreno's actually ever won a round off uh, Pantoja. So, uh, and that's... Going into that season, wasn't Pantoja ranked number one? And yeah. Brandon Moreno was the last. last Ranked round. 16, yeah. Yeah, and they fought each other in the first round. Yeah, so like this is this is this is it. Like you know what I mean? Like this is a uh, come. Where else would you go for your ultimate player? <laughs> yeah, your ultimate player knowledge encyclopedia. Yeah. Barry Moore. Uh, yeah, this this one should be, should be a, a great fight. Like obviously Brandon Moreno's come on leaps and bounds. He's on fire these days. Uh, he's the main man. He's the champ. Uh, he's really built like a cult following as well. Like people yeah. love Brandon Moreno. Like they have so much. Almost like a Liviera sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. People just love him. Like they like his demeanor they like the way he carries himself they like the way he interacts with people uh he seems so happy to be there all the time yeah. um so look i'd be a i'd be a massive uh brand moreno fan so i i hope he gets the job done i hope he can overcome this but like in terms of fight styles pantoja is there for the finish he throws like great kicks obviously he's got great grappling as well haven't got the submission over uh, Moreno in the past but like with 25 wins he's got 8 knockouts and 10 submissions you don't get that high a finishing rate at flyaway too often and that's what this guy likes to do he's got 2 submissions in a row over Alex Perez and Brandon Royval so he's coming he's coming for him and he's coming in hot yeah I think I'm going to have to go with Brandon Moreno just because Pantoja beat the, the Irish legend Neil Siri. But the thing is, if Pantoja wins, I think he's going to be the only Brazilian champion in the UFC right now. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, he will be after Amanda Nunes uh, vacated her belts. Yeah. Uh, Ross, another fight as well. We, everyone has to make sure to check out Robert Whitaker against Drix Duplessis. Who are you backing for this one, bud? Yeah, well, I'm going to back our mate Robert Whitaker. Uh, we met him over in New York. Lovely fella. Uh, I think he remembers. Of course, yeah. How can you not? And uh, I do think a win here will get him that uh, third crack at Izzy. Uh, it's it's hard to get three fights against someone when you've lost the first two, but I think if anyone deserves it, he does. And obviously, if Drickus Duplessis can pull this win out the bag, he got nose surgery there recently, so uh, with that nose surgery, apparently he can breathe better and his cardio is much better. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe we'll see a different Drickus Duplessis, but we'll need to see a different tricks to proceed to be uh, Robert Whitaker. Th- that man is elite. Uh, if Israel Adesanya didn't exist, he'd be the greatest middleweight of all time. I think at this stage, he, he really is that good. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Robert Whitaker as well. His cardio is uh, insane. And Trick is, is like, we have to see like how good this surgeon is. Or else, or, yeah, because that surgeon will like get a lot of uh, more business if uh, Trick is out cardio's the Reaper. Uh, there's a few more fighters on the card people have to watch out for. Ross Bone Nickel, people have to keep an eye on him, yeah? Yeah, obviously, NCAA wrestling champion. He's one of the elite wrestlers that the UFC has ever seen, and people are red hot on him. We've obviously seen him on Dana White's Contender Series a few times, so definitely one not to be missed. Uh, also, the lightweight belt on the main card as well. Turner versus Hooker, That's that has fight the night pot- uh, potential written all over it. Yeah, uh, the... Just on the undercard here, Robbie Lawler is taking on Nico Price. It's meant to be Robbie Lawler's final fight, uh, an absolute yeah, legend. Cool. If you haven't seen him against Rory McDonald, make sure to check that fight out. Uh, Ross, Jack Denham Madalena as well. You're high on this guy. Yeah, th- this is probably the last one we'll probably throw out on this one. Uh, it's great to finish on a high note. This guy, uh, he's actually fighting the fella who, uh, in his last fight, he actually uh, 
double leg someone through the cage door, which is uh, hilarious. I don't know if you've seen that clip, Baz. I'll send it on to you later. Uh, but yeah, keeping this, all the gold clips yourself. But. Yeah, but uh, Jackson and Madalena, he's got some serious hands. He's probably uh, up there with Ian Gary for the hottest prospect at one seventy. He's an absolute monster. Uh, he finishes everyone in the first round. So let's see if uh, Harrell can go past the first round with him. Uh, that'll be some feat on short notice. Yeah, man, it's going to be a great card. I'm buzzing for it. Uh, this weekend as well, you have to keep an eye for Irish MMA fans. You have to check out PFL in Berlin. Franz Malambo, Dylan Chuk, and John Mitchell are all competing on the card. And on Sunday night, LFL, Andreas Binder returns. Uh, Ross, this is going to be an action-packed weekend. But... And yeah, we will be back again for more Ultra Fighter next week. I can't wait for it. Uh, look, Irish MMA is booming at the moment. You up the lads fighting this weekend in PFL and NFL. Lee Hammond can't wait to see you back in the UFC. And I can't wait to see a whole host of other Irish fighter who is next. Um, if you haven't watched this, make sure to like, share, smash that subscribe button. And as always, stay, stay energized. Energize, show up the Irish. Been sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you're doing some interviews with Dylan Moran and that. But I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.